There has been something of a debate about exactly when the Attitude Era came to an end, with Wikipedia saying that the era drew to a close on May the 6th, 2002. That's the date that WWF changed its name to WWE and ceased using the WWF Attitude branding. Others say that the Attitude Era ended over a year before that, in April 2001, at WrestleMania 17, when Stone Cold Steve Austin turned heel and joined Mr. McMahon at the shocking conclusion to the show. In fact, it seems that everyone has a different idea as to exactly when one of WWE's most popular eras took its final bow. In this video, I will take a look at some of the events that fans point to when asked as to exactly when the Attitude Era actually did end. On March the 26th, 2001, WCW finally took its last breath as a real separate entity to the WWF. Vince McMahon made the ultimate business move. He'd purchased the only competitor that had ever come close to putting him out of business, and despite the promise that WCW would continue to exist under the WWF's umbrella, fans knew that the wrestling industry would never be the same again. The WWF's so-called golden era stretched from 1982 until 1993 when Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage and dozens of other larger-than-life characters burst through the TV screens of fans everywhere. The WWF took the world by storm in the 1980s, not just expanding the business nationally but internationally making the company the recognised name in sports entertainment around the world. As McMahon dismantled his competition in the 1980s and left the old North American wrestling territory system in tatters, only Ted Turner stood between him and total domination. Turner purchased Jim Crockett promotions in 1988 and changed the name to World Championship Wrestling, and from then on, he would be a thorn in the side of Vince McMahon for over a decade. WCW was no threat to the WWF for the first few years of its life, with its revolving door of bookers and lack of direction. WCW tried to copy the WWF's presentation of larger-than-life cartoon characters and over-the-top storylines, even going as far as stealing megastar Hulk Hogan away from Vince McMahon's clutches. The direction didn't work, firmly placing WCW as America's number two wrestling organisation by some distance. The direction of WCW would rapidly change as Eric Bischoff started to market the product towards teenagers and adults. By 1996, grown-up wrestling fans were desperate for an alternative to the WWF's kid-friendly weekly output. And so, WCW Monday Nitro was born, going head-to-head -head with WWF Monday Night Raw on the other cable channel. Monday Nitro felt more up-to-date and aggressive in its presentation than Raw, and then the introduction of the New World Order faction set WCW flying into the lead, with the product proving to be addictively popular amongst those disenchanted teens and adult fans. By the end of 1996, WCW had brought the WWF to their knees. Nitro was outdrawing Raw massively in the ratings, with the final Monday of 1996 
see Nitro pull a 3.6 rating to Raw's 1.6. With business in the toilet, only now would Vince McMahon start to react to WCW's threat by modifying his product. Throughout 1997, Raw would continue to be thrashed in the ratings, but the WWF started to gradually develop its new, more adult attitude. While WCW engaged fans by presenting wrestling as being closer to real life, with gang warfare from the NWO, and presenting the cruiserweight division as an exciting athletic opener for their shows, the WWF took the concept even further. They outdid WCW at their own game when it came to appealing to teens and adult fans. The WWF sexualized its products, introduced its own factions, not just one, but several. They started swearing on TV, which is something that Eric Bischoff couldn't do on Nitro and they started putting out risky adult storylines. The matches got shorter too to cater to the fans' attention spans, and within a year, the WWF had turned their television show into can't-miss appointment viewing. It took Vince McMahon a while to get there, but once he changed the name of his flagship show to Rory's War, it was game on. By April 1998, the tide turned in the ratings war. I believe that the Attitude Era was born through desperation as an answer to WCW's threat of annihilation. McMahon went balls to the wall with the Attitude concept and the product got more and more outrageous until it was clear that WCW was on the downslide. Only in the year 2000 did the Attitude Era start to mature and become less outrageous and by then it was pretty obvious that there was no way back for WCW. WCW started the late 90s wrestling boom, but it would be the WWF that would emphatically finish it. No wonder that some fans pinpoint the end of the Attitude Era to be March the 26th, 2001, which is the day that McMahon purchased the carcass of WCW. Some fans argue that it wouldn't be until a few days later that the era would truly come to an end at WrestleMania 17 on April the 1st, 2001. For years after the event, WrestleMania 17 was lauded as being the greatest WrestleMania ever. Some still say to this day that it's yet to be surpassed. Either way, whatever you believe, it was an incredible spectacle. The WWF returned to a huge stadium for the first time in nine years, more than 60,000 rabid fans packed the Astrodome in Texas for a main event that saw two of the biggest superstars in wrestling collide as The Rock faced hometown hero Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. During the show, the camera cut to a balcony full of people watching on and the old WCW Nitro graphic appeared on the screen with the words WCW Wrestlers written on it. It really drove home for the first time that the real WCW was gone forever. The choice of wording, wrestlers rather than superstars, made clear who the victor was in the Monday Night War as if it needed spelling out. 
The reason so many fans point towards this as being the end of the Attitude Era came at the climax of the show after the match between Austin and The Rock. The Rock entered as champion having won the belt from Kurt Angle at No Way Out, the previous pay-per-view, but by the end of the night it will be Steve Austin standing victorious as the new champion. Before the pinfall, Austin turned heel by accepting a steel chair as a weapon from Mr McMahon at ringside. Austin took the chair and clobbered the rock with it 16 times. After the match, Austin and McMahon shook hands and shared beers. The night after on Raw, Triple H sided with McMahon and Austin and they both took out The Rock, who in reality was written off TV so he could go and shoot a movie. The Rock was gone and so was Stone Cold Steve Austin, at least as we knew him. But there are other, more subtle reasons that WrestleMania 17 was the symbolic end of the Attitude Era for some fans. The right to censor faction featured on the card, for example. The RTC were a parody by the WWF of the PTC, or Parent Teacher Council, who had a vendetta out for the company at the time. They protested the level of violence and sexualised content on the WWF's television programmes. When forming the right to censor, the WWF smartly included some of the Attitude Era's most controversial characters who had apparently seen the light and converted their ways. The Godfather, a pimp that originally came to the ring surrounded by hoes, became the Goodfather. The character of Val Venus was a literal porn star during the height of the Attitude Era. He decided to clean up his act to join the group. Stevie Richards originally made his name in the hardcore world of ECW before coming to the WWF. He cut his hair short and changed his name to Stephen Richards. While it was a really smart parody by the WWF, it was also an indicator that times were changing for the business. Not only were the parents teacher council breathing down Vince McMahon's neck, McMahon had also recently floated the family business on the New York Stock Exchange. With shareholders to answer to, the WWF really needed to start cleaning up their act. Later on in the year 2001, it is no exaggeration to say that the world changed forever. The horrific events of 9-11 marked a geopolitical shift that could be felt everywhere. The WWF paid tribute to the lives lost on the next episode of Smackdown. From then on, Rory's War was renamed to simply Raw, and some of the violence on the show was also pared back. Throughout the next couple of months, the invasion angle struggled on. That was the angle that saw the alliance of the WCW and ECW do storyline battle with the WWF. At the Survivor Series in November 2001, the WWF team won the war, officially banishing WCW forever, never to be seen again. Was this the end of the Attitude Era? In reality, and in fiction, WCW was no more. In fact, the WWF's roster had absorbed so many wrestlers from its former rivals in WCW and ECW that its roster had become bloated. In order to remedy this, the WWF introduced the brand extension. Raw and SmackDown became their own separate entities, with half the roster performing under the Raw brand and the other half under the SmackDown brand. The idea behind the brand extension was also to simulate competition, considering the fact that the WWF had no real-life competition left. After losing a battle to the World Wildlife Fund, the WWF was forced to rebrand. 
the company emphatically told fans to get the F out, and the Attitude branding was never to be seen again. It would be a few weeks later on Raw when Vince McMahon demanded to see ruthless aggression from his superstars, a new era was officially born. The OVW class of 2002 emerged into this new ruthless aggression era. It was an incredible crop of homegrown talent to emerge from OVW, the WWE's feeder promotion in 2002. The very best of that bunch quickly cemented themselves as key players on the roster and soon to be headline superstars. So it's not true that the Attitude Era came to a screeching halt overnight. I believe it was a gradual phasing out as times started to change. Wrestling never stops evolving and that's one of the things that makes it so unique and interesting.